Hi, this is Annika Fain with Northwest Fish Passage Podcast. Thanks for joining me today for episode eight of the podcast. Northwest Fish Passage is a small strategic collaborative partnership of scientists, planners, and engineers based in Bellingham. Today I'm here with Karen DeBose from Skagit County. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, I'm excited. Karen, what motivated you to get involved in water quality and restoration? That is an excellent question. Um, I know there are people out there who have like a very direct plan. They have a life plan. They're going to just get involved in restoration. They're going to get this job and do the things. And I am, I have so much respect for those people. I am so not those people. Um, <laughs> I was never quite sure what I wanted to do with myself, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I, you know, decided that I liked rocks and trees and birds and stuff. And so I went for um, kind of an environmental science focused degree. And I ended up landing, my first job was in actually um, wastewater treatment, so a, a sewage treatment plant. Mm -hmm. And that was a really interesting place to land. Um, you, nobody, nobody graduates from school and says, hey, I wanna work in a sewage treatment plant. I found it to be a very interesting place to kind of get my feet wet and learn more about water quality because, um, you know, in sewage treatment, you are cleaning the water for the environment. So yeah, I just kind of stumbled into that. I ended up getting a master's degree in water resource policy and management because I was interested after learning all of these things and talking to all of these different people, I was interested in learning kind of those higher level how we manage water quality, you know, how we think about managing water quality in a fair way for all people, plus the environment. And so that's, I, I don't know that I was necessarily motivated. Um, it was more just kind of falling into a job and following that path. And that's how I ended up here. Can you tell me a little bit about what your roles are with the county? Sure, yeah. So I'm uh, Skagit County's Pollution Identification and Correction Coordinator, which is like the world's longest <laughs> job title, which basically means uh, I look for poop in water and organize the different organizations that we work with. So we work with Department of Ecology, Fish and Wildlife sometimes, Department of Agriculture, Local Conservation District, um, other local organizations. I help to kind of coordinate all of that activity so that when we do find spots, specifically in the Samish and the Padilla Bay watershed, when we do find these spots that have more poop in the water than should be in the water, then we kind of come up with a, a way to, to tackle that, to figure out where it's coming from and fix the problem. Well, that leads me to my next question. So what's one of your favorite projects? Ah. <laughs> the Poop Smart campaign is a about two-year-old campaign. I suppose we're, we're coming on three years now. Um, in 2017, we realized that we needed to do something a little bit different with our communication. So I, government communication is usually pretty boring, to be blunt. Um, we're all very serious as government communicators and uh, <laughs> trying to change it up. We discovered 
perhaps not shockingly, that people weren't listening to us anymore. You know, after the big splash of water quality is bad in the Samish watershed and we need to do something, people pay attention at that first, you know, wow, water quality is bad. This is new. But about eight years down the road, people were tired of it and we were not getting the same level of attention that we needed to get in order to get things done. We decided to take a completely different tack. Being government communicators, we um, actually hired a consultant to help us with this because it's, it's hard to kind of break yourself out of your usual mold of like serious science communication, especially when you have a degree in science and you're trained in science. So we hired a consultant to help us kind of change our tactic. And that's how we came up with the PoopSmart campaign. Find us at PoopSmart.org if you're <laughs> um, interested in some fun poop jokes and some ideas about how you can manage your own um, impact on water quality in the Samish watershed, in the Padilla watershed, or wherever you are. We have pages for hikers, um, recreational folks. We have a page for dog poop. We have a page for septic system owners. Septic systems is a pretty significant potential contributor to, to problems. If that fails, you've, you've got poop in your yard and that's not cool. And we also have a page for farm owners. So it's a project that we have all these partners, we have all these resources, and we found that it was scattered all over all over the internet, all of these resources, and it was hard for people to find a central location to get what they needed. And so we created this campaign. It's full of poop jokes. So, you know, it's kind of <laughs> taking a fun approach, you know, never thought I would, I would be a scientist making poop jokes. It's really kind of gotten people, gotten attention on our subject again. It's fun, which is something that is so unusual for government communications to be fun. It, it's kind of fun for us, honestly, to, you know, to take ourselves out of that serious mindset and be like, you guys, we get it. Poop is funny. And, you know, every, every five-year-old knows that, you know, a poop joke is funny. And so... <laughs> It's, it's just been a nice um, change in pace, and it's gotten us on the evening news. It's gotten us um, all over social media. It's just been a really successful campaign. That is my favorite project right now. <laughs> Great. What was the, the biggest challenge or the ongoing challenge with that? So I think our challenge is always finding the balance making sure that we're not just adding another thing onto already overloaded people. Um, our farmers, our residents, our business owners, everyone has their own story and their own capacity to take on more. So when we're talking about, you know, farm management, you know, you tell people that they, needed, they need to manage their farm better or they need to put a fence up here and they're just like, oh, another thing. I need another thing like a big hole in the head. And I work really hard at listening to our residents just like with a really open heart. I need to hear what their struggles are because somewhere in there I'm going to find common ground and a way forward. I'll be honest and say that it's really hard to set aside your personal goals. So my goal is water quality. Um, and that's that, you know, sometimes I have to take those blinders off, see another perspective, put myself in that other person's shoes and, and what, what are their concerns and where can we kind of work together on things. I think that a lot of government officials think that they're listening to the public. Um, you know, after all, they had their public comment period during which they got <laughs> no comments. What I hear from our local residents is that they don't feel heard because nobody's taken the time to build that relationship 
that makes them feel heard. That takes a lot of time and effort. And that's hard when you have this pressure to just get the job done. You know, I'm, I'm always, people are always asking me, when are we going to upgrade the sandwich shellfish beds? I'm like, I don't know, you know, like, just, just give me a minute. So I think finding the balance between all of those things, taking time to build those relationships, but not too much time, coming up with ways to get things done that are acceptable for everyone, and finding ways to help those who legitimately can't afford to do what you're asking. Um, right mm -hmm. now, with all the economic issues we have, we have a lot of people who can't afford a septic system inspection. So how am I going to tackle that problem? All of that is, is very much a challenge. So are there grants available for funds to help those residents? Yeah, um, so that is one of our um, perhaps successes. Um, we have been able to, they're not permanent funds, they're grant funded programs right now, but we have a low income septic inspection program now where if you are low income for a, at a certain level, uh, we can actually send a septic inspector out to your house and we will pay for that septic inspection through this grant funded program. We also have uh, a rebate program that's just about to start up again. So this is something that we've had that was grant funded in the past and we ran out of money. We have the money again to start it up again. So if you get your septic system inspected, um, we will refund you about $100. So that's a really nice way to tackle that for farmers. We have programs to help them put in fencing, to help them build heavy use areas, put gutters on their barns, you know, all those kind of best management practices that need to get done. You were telling me a few days ago about another program that you're working on using chemicals to identify the sources of waste. Can you tell me in runoff? Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, um, so when, when poop is your problem, um, it's hard to tell exactly whose who's poop it is. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we are always driving around. So, you know, in a certain area, we find that this is a hotspot. So we drive around and we look for signs of failed septic systems. We look through the records and see, are there any septic systems that haven't been inspected in a while or that had problems before that may not have been fixed? We're driving around looking for, you know, a, a livestock situation where maybe there's a pasture that's really trampled and full of poop and that might be running off. But sometimes it's really hard to see anything that's wrong. And maybe there's underground pipes that we're not aware of. There's kind of all these issues that make it really hard. We're pretty lucky that the University of Washington Tacoma Center for Urban Watershed Studies Center for Urban Watershed Studies, pretty sure that's it. Um, <laughs> um, they have a, a real smart group of folks that have been working hard on trying to identify ways that we can use chemicals that are traveling with that poop to identify the source. So um, sources from a septic system, you know, may have uh, ibuprofen or caffeine or, you know, some of these chemicals in it, cleaning chemicals from your dish soap and whatnot. Um, sources from a dairy may have dairy-specific things. Maybe it's antibiotics or medications that they use. Maybe it's just cleaning solutions that they use. So there's kind of these specific sets of chemicals that are coming from all of these different sources, including road runoff. So that's another one that they've developed uh, a set of tracers for. 
what we're hoping to do, and this is still all very new science, like nobody's ever done this before as far as we can tell. And so um, working with the University of Washington on this is really cool because this might be a tool that helps us figure out what's, what's wrong in these spots. And so um, it's, we're, we're getting there. It's the last round that we did. We finally felt like we had a tool that might be working. Um, we have a couple of spots where we very clearly identified dairy as a source. We have a couple of spots where we very clearly identified sewage as a source. And so now, now that gives us, you know, we can, in the sewage area, we can cross the dairies off the list. The dairies are right across the street and everybody's been blaming the dairies. But that's not the issue in that spot, according to mm -hmm. this. And so um, it's giving us an opportunity to think a little bit differently about the work that we're doing, trace things a little bit differently. And you don't really think about the chemicals in your, in your life that are going into the environment. So um, it's another, you know, if, if we take care of the source of poop, we also take care of the source of these other chemicals that are being spilled into the environment. Mm -hmm. You talked about doing sampling there. Are there various sites around the county where you're doing ongoing monitoring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have um, a couple of different programs, for lack of a better word. Um, we have our ambient monitoring program, and that is, so ambient monitoring is we go out every other week, and we go out, you know, on Tuesdays usually, but it's not scheduled for any storm. It's just whatever weather is happening the day that we go out. And so we have 40 sites that we've been sampling for the last 15 years or so that are kind of spread throughout the county. And we do uh, temperature, dissolved oxygen, uh, fecal coliform, we do nutrients quarterly. So we do a kind of a, a, a pretty general sweep of measuring what's going on out there in the county. And we have some sites that are very, very natural that are way upriver. We have other sites that are um, very much downriver that, um, you know, have a lot of human or agricultural or, um, you know, urban influence. There's a couple of sites that have some pretty heavy urban influence. That program is really nice because it's helped us kind of look and see what impact that we're having on the environment. Agricultural areas definitely have an impact on the environment compared to our natural areas. Our urbanized areas also, um, especially, you know, my focus is poop. So um, our urbanized areas definitely have a, a poopy influence um, on the environment. Having that data just comes in really handy when you're trying to see what's happened over 15 years mm -hmm. is an increase in temperature in this area. Um, just because climate and our weather is changing or is it, you know, there's like a serious issue here that's causing this. And so, you know, we can look at those natural areas compared to the more urbanized areas and compare them and say, well, the, the natural areas are getting warmer too. So, you know, and about the same rate as this area is. So, you know, maybe it's more of an environmental issue than it is a land use issue. Is that data available for the public to view? Um, yeah, we actually have a water quality report that's put out every year by our um, ambient water quality monitoring program. Kevin Jackman's our, our guy. Mm -hmm. um, he's our water quality analyst. And so you can actually find that. I can get you the link to that. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Skagitcounty.net slash clean water is the, the website where you can find the link to news and reports. Um, but the we, we have an annual... Um, 
an annual report that comes out, and we also put our fecal coliform data on an online map that is also, you can find the link to that on the skagitcounty.net slash clean water page. So you can see fecal coliform wise how, how things are going in the county. Um, and we also put storm sampling. So storm sampling is much different than ambient sampling. We're targeting storms specifically because we know that poop tends to run off in storms. And so um, you'll also find that water quality data there as well. So sometimes, especially during stormy times, like probably today, um, you're gonna start to see a lot of red dots show up on that map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that um, updated on a, a daily basis then, or is it a live stream to that? Um, it is updated as soon as we get the data back from the lab. So it depends on how fast the lab is. <laughs> but um, what's nice about the map is it's water quality results from our partners and it includes Whatcom County as well. So it's Whatcom, Skagit and Snohomish County. It includes results from our partners at Department of Agriculture, at Department of Ecology, our data. Um, we also upload the Skagit, um, it's a volunteer storm team group. So they go out and they monitor for us in the Bayview area to see what, what's going on in that area. So yeah, it's, it's a really nice resource. And it sounds like a lot of partners working together. Yeah, and that's, that's what any pollution identification and correction program is, is you know, we all have our, our different aspects. So Department of Agriculture, um, really focuses on dairy regulation. They're, they have the dairy nutrient management program. So, you know, that's not anywhere that I need to focus. If I see an issue, I'll pass it over to Department of Agriculture. Um, Ecology has their own wheelhouse. We have ours. So it's a really nice partnership to get all the potential sources. So we're not focusing on just one, you know, we're not focusing on just septic systems or just dairies. We're, we're focusing on everything, including wildlife. Sometimes there's just a wildlife issue that's out there. What are you most hopeful about in upcoming years? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of progress in the last five years that I've been here, just in the way that we've tackled the problem, our kind of change in attitude, change in staff. Just there's been a lot of new invigoration in the last five years in our program. And I feel very hopeful that we might just be able to make our clean Samish goals. So that would be upgrading the Samish Bay shellfish beds from conditionally approved to approved so that shellfish growers can just harvest whenever they want and not be concerned about, you know, what might be coming down the river because of a storm. Yeah, I, I see also the progress that I and my coworkers at Skagit County have made building relationships with our residents. The really great projects that my coworkers do, opening up fish passage. I'm sure Emily mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that recently with you and protecting farmland. And it all just gives me so much hope that maybe we can, maybe we can make a difference and, and make a better balance of environment and, and habitat for people as well. So yeah, protecting the environment and also being able to live here and doing the things that we want to do. Thank you. Do you have advice to young professionals who mm. may be deciding what they want to do and interested in the environment and water quality? Yeah. Um, I think for people coming out of school, so we already talked about my job path, how I just kind of mm -hmm. fell into something. Um, for people coming out of school looking for their first professional job, I would say take whatever job opportunities come your way. Um, literally nobody 
ever said, you know what I want to do when I graduate? I want to work in wastewater. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It turned out to be a fascinating field to land in. And it led me here where I have an incredible opportunity to make a real and tangible difference, both for the environment and for the humans that I live around. So um, I think, yeah, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, just because a job is in sewage <laughs> doesn't, mean that, doesn't mean that it's a bad job. It's actually really fascinating. Um, and there's a lot of aspects to that that, um, that let you really stretch, stretch your mind. Mm -hmm. You have anything else you want to share with the audience? Oh, goodness. Well, I please visit our PoopSmart webpage um, at PoopSmart.org um, and get some poop jokes under your belts and learn why it's important to scoop the poop. Um, we have a lot of, you know, if you're somebody who's ever been hiking with a dog, we have a lot of poop on our trails, um, both from dogs and from humans. And, you know, making sure to manage that, having in your backpack as one of the things, you know, you always have water, you have a jacket, you have snacks. Make sure you have a human poop bag or a trowel or something that you can, you know, manage that poop so you can bury that poop so that it's not sitting exposed on the surface and then just going to wash into the creek. You know, you go hiking into these wonderful wilderness areas and you think, oh, this is such clean water. Maybe it's not because there's a lot of dogs and a lot of people out there. Um, so if you have a small farm, um, there's a ton of resources for you to help you manage your farm better, both for your own, you know, to reduce your the difficulty of your chores, you know, and make your animals healthier. So it's not just about clean water. If your horses are standing in mud, they're going to be more likely to need to go to the vet because of hoof issues. So um, there's that. If you have a septic system, get your septic system inspected. It's not just a rule that we came up with to, oh, I hear all kinds of crazy things. Um, <laughs> recently, I heard that we, we make people inspect their septic systems because the county is trying to get more tax revenue. And that is not it. We are interested in inspecting your septic system so that you don't end up with a failure that you could have prevented last year if you had inspected your septic system and found a problem that got worse. So, um, you know, kind of all of those things, just managing your property and thinking about where this product that you've, you know, you've bought, even if it's lawn fertilizer, where is this product going to go? You're putting it on your lawn, but did you spill a little on the sidewalk and it washed away into the creek? Think about the things that you're doing and figure out how to, how to do them better. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's been fun. I would like to end by expressing my deepest respect and gratitude to the many indigenous peoples and tribal nations in the Salish Sea region for their enduring care and protection of our shared lands and waterways. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and tell a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.